y'all. Welcome to the TVA. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It is us. We are back. It is So Here's What Happened. And thank y'all for coming back for another episode of Craziness with me and Carolyn. Um, I hope that sound was not too triggering for anybody who has seen the latest episode of Loki, well, the latest and the last episode of Loki for this season. But as you can guess from my um, impression, we are talking about Loki today. Yay. So let's get into it. But, but before I do that, oh yeah, for new people, I'm Lanisha. <laughs> and as always, I'm joined by Carolyn. Yes. And we are here for, you know, to talk about all things that we love to watch and read. But this time we decided to do a special episode to talk about Loki. Mm-hmm. So would you like to take it away? Yeah, so Loki is the second MCU show for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the first, as we as we previously discussed, is um, WandaVision. And with mm-hmm. this one, I think this started off really good. But to me, it kind of got a little bit convoluted around episode three. And then um, episode six was kind of like, I saw people like, I, I avoid these spoilers, but I saw, mm-hmm. I saw people mention some things and it kind of, did go where I expected it to go, but it didn't do what I wanted it to do in the way that I expected. And I'll, I'll get into that. But mm-hmm. Loki is, as we know, start by the sexy, suave, debonair, Tom Hiddleston, yes. playing Loki himself, the, the god of mischief. Don't mind he doesn't really get into much mischief in the series or in the MCU in general. And then his co-stars are Owen Wilson, who played Mobius, Google and Bathra, who played Ravona. I had Wumi Masaku who played Hunter B15. And then we had a new character introduced to the to the MCU, and that is Sylvie, played by Sofia DiMartino. And so she is basically a variant of Loki. So like if you're not familiar with this series, but hopefully mm-hmm. you are, because we're going full on into spoilers with this, is that there's multiple timelines, infinite timelines, and in each of these timelines, there's a variant of each and every single person. So Loki has multiple variants from in all these different timelines, and so Sylvia is one, and she right. is the variant variation of him. And so, so she, her and her character is kind of interesting because she's an she she's supposed to provide a a, refl- a mirror for Loki, like to, to for him to finally get some self reflection. But I actually think she didn't do that. I actually think the character. Of, um, Mobius played but Owen Wilson is the one that actually did that. And mm-hmm. before we get into all that, so we'll uh, we'll I will we'll do what we normally do, which is we'll we'll discuss the cons first, and then we'll go into the pros because we like to end on a positive note. Yes. And and so we'll start with Nisha. So Nisha will tell us what her cons are for the show first. Uh, my cons. So I don't have too many like big, I'll say like things that I did not like about it like you know things that I found like troublesome because I do think for the most part I think it does a great job of introducing the next phase Loki does a great job of introducing the next phase of the MCU as we're heading into the multiverse um I think excellently because I mean I know we touched on I think people have talked about Nexus events and touched on Nexus beings and like with the with Scarlet Witch and all these other things. So it's kind of like, now we're finally getting to like, Loki is stepping in and basically busting down the door and be like, okay, the multiverse exists. Mm. And now we just have to like be thrust upon all of these things. So like with my cons for it, I did feel like the first few episodes, not even the first few, I would say the first two episodes, I thought like, this feels a little slow, but I think obviously I feel like it's deliberate because it's trying to give you a setup for something that it's not. Cause when we're given the show as a premise, you kind of think that, okay, it's going to be about Loki hunting down this imposter Loki and he's going to, you know, do this in order to get free or he's going to get up to his old tricks again and all these other things. And then it kind of like just changes it. So I will say while the first episode made I would say for more so the first episode felt like it was slow at first I still enjoyed it that was just like my whole thing I'm like okay it's building upon itself um not to say that I wanted to feel rushed but other things 
because it didn't do I was I guess this isn't a con this was a concern I had and I'm glad it didn't do that I was concerned that B15 um Wilmy's character I was very concerned about her just not like having any agency and not having a voice honestly I was concerned about a lot of the black women um I thought same. I thought I thought it was just gonna be like, oh, representation, and then it goes nowhere. And again, it's not like I would say her role in like having these black women. At, you know, we have the judge Ravona, and we have B fifteen. And I'm like, ooh, it's dope to see. You know, like we get two black women characters, and this is cool because like usually. I'm like only seeing one of you exist in the MCU at all. Mm-hmm. Um, besides unless we're in Luke Cage neighbor, neighbor's ho- neighborhood. But my point being, it was kind of a big concern for me of what they were going to do with those characters. So I think I, that's, as the series went on, my concerns were met. Yeah, but, I, had, I had kind of the same concerns. It did start a little slow. The first episode I think was needed because this is a yeah. complete new world and the TV is a complete new world. Mm-hmm. For people not familiar with it um, from the comics or even even if you are familiar like the way they just brought it to life is like completely different the aesthetics mm-hmm. the, um the cinematography the direction style of it is totally right. different to what was done with um with wandavision but then but so i think they needed to take time to like actually give us exposition this time this is where exposition was necessary to explain the timelines of the nexus events and who the time lords were yeah and 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 mobius and b15 and ravona so we got an idea of who these characters were and Mm -hmm. we see that now because spoiler we're gonna get a season two so we needed this introduction to these characters because then we they don't have to go through all of that for the rest of the season and then going into season two. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that they took the time to explain it. And um, and that it kind of does, and then ironically, episode six kind of does the same thing, but that kind of makes it a con where we had so much exposition, it was kind of hard to understand what was being said, like because um, um, kind of Conqueror played by well, in this one, he's not exactly Kang. He's, he's not Kang. He's a variant. He's a variant. Right. He, Nathaniel, I guess, like, because I was talking about he's this. Nathaniel, with right? He's one of his yeah. offspring. He's one of his offspring. Um, well, right, um, Jonathan Major. So Nathaniel is, because I was looking at the, because yeah. I have it here, like, I was looking at the MCU thing. So he's considered a descendant of Kang, but he's still an alternate version. Well, actually, um, he's a descendant of Sue. So is it um it's confused it's a little confusing but it makes sense so nathaniel is in the 31st century he's the descendant of sue storm and reed richards yeah um nathaniel is a variant of kang yes. so when he so he and so you have nathaniel and all of his variant selves and like yes. we we can get down to that a little bit further down the line but going mm-hmm. going back to like the cons real quick um i did i did want to mention one because someone brought it up but like and i say this no and making it very clearly i know some people had mentioned about like i guess this is my this is my one issue with marvel as a whole when we talk about representation when they do like these little things Mm -hmm. but they don't really go anywhere with them so remember like in in game where there was that guy who um who was at the support group with St- with Steve and they were like, yeah, and I, I met a guy and oh, yeah, we have a date. Yes, yeah. and he was the gay character representation. And then it's like, now we did Loki. And then like, you know, when Sylvie asked Loki about um, like if there was somebody for him and like if there was like, you know, like, who, like who he had and he's just like yeah a bit of both because she said was it princesses and princes and he's a bit of both so it's like they, there was a confirmation that Loki is by. Mm-hmm. so my only problem with Disney not Disney well Disney does the same thing Disney. Marvel is Disney? The, both of them but yes Disney so we'll hear all this buzz in these articles and they'll say like the MCU has confirmed its first LGBTQ plus character. Mm. And I'm just like, that's great. But y'all keep saying that y'all have confirmed this, but then it's like, you don't go nowhere with it. And I mean, I, 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 who knows if it were to go somewhere else with it. I think it was, it wasn't like, it didn't come up to me 
And so I was talking about the show with someone else who is bi and they're like, no, it's really cool that they addressed it, but it is kind of annoying when you keep having like, you know, those articles and the clickbait because it's just like, it's just a slight mention. Yeah. Like, are you going to do anything else with it? It's kind of like, I was also having this conversation with somebody. It's kind of like, not to go down a hole, but you know how they're making the Powerpuff Girls reboot, not even reboot, mm-hmm. a live action. I know, I know. They made, oh, they made Buttercup Black right? Or at least what we're supposed to assume is Black, but or she's biracial or she's mixed. Anywho, she's the person, she's a person of color. It's like when you do, when we see that done in shows, but like the representation doesn't go anywhere beyond that. Because that's all they they think that that's enough. And that's going into one of my other cons. And so we had, we have variant Loki. So Mm -hmm. we have a white woman and we have two white men or it's actually three. There is a, there is a literal duplicate of Loki. Then yeah. there's one played by Richard E. Grant. And then there's one played by a young guy. And then there's a black man. Mm-hmm. Could it one of those three white men? Could it one have been Asian? Could it one have been Southeast Asian? Could it one have? You know what I mean? Like, I was kind of I was asking the question in my head too. I'm like, I don't know anything about boastful Loki. Like, I know nothing. Absolutely nothing. You mean boastful Loki um, was when he first entered the MCU. That that Loki is exactly that the way Tom Hiddleston played him uh-huh. is exactly how he was when he when we first got to know him in in the MCU. The arrogant, arrogant jerk, like you know who like mm-hmm. I'm filled with glorious purpose. That's right. literally who who boastful. Well, Loki. I mean, they all kind of to a certain extent. The variants have like they have to certain. Be they right they're the same person but like it seems like they all share like similar traits or they all yeah. have the same exact traits and it's yeah. kind of like i would love for somebody to tell me just explain to me like why well, was boastful loki black i just want to know i just want to know because i have a question about like was there a boastful loki in the comics has that been done before because i just don't know i'm just very confused but i mean i think they're all supposed to be different characteristics of a person like like so like boastful loki is his is the boastful side of loki then there was richard e grant who's the more mature version of him from the few who's a future loki and he's more mature because he's learned with age and with time like who he was as a younger person they don't don't didn't coalesce with who he was as an older person then there's the younger younger loki mm-hmm. who would have been when he had that angst and um and that jealousy of thor because remember he said the reason he ended up um the reason he got um purged is because he killed thor so that's yeah. the next event that he created so that was who loki that the loki that we we know now that's who he was when he was younger like always out to get thor he was well, jealous of thor. so that's kind of how i said but as you said like white right. The black man. Well, I mean, and I mean, I guess it's just like one of those things where it's like they kind of explained that like how variants work of like there could be a scroll Loki, there could yeah. be there could be a Loki. There's like there's an infinite multiverse. So mm-hmm. I guess we just have to accept that like like as um, Mobius was explaining, variants can have their they don't always look exactly alike. Yeah they can look similar to you know them exactly they might have a completely they're literally variations so variation when you talk about biology a variation of something is um that's when you're talking about genetics and adaptation versus um evolution and that kind of stuff so like a variation of something isn't exact an exact copy like i'm wearing a dress i'm wearing a variation of a dress it doesn't look like every other dress but it's still technically a dress right? right It's still Loki, exactly. Yeah. It's like what is on the inside, or like what are, what are, what does it make? What does what makes a Loki like exactly. that that kind of thing? So, and it's kind of it, that was interesting. I mean, I did like the nod to like President Loki because I know that's mm-hmm. in the comics, and like that was interesting. And Kid Loki in the comics, the old Loki I think was also a reference to um, the original. Wasn't there an original Avengers film? Um, that Loki was in, or was it a TV show with Thor or something? I assume I I had just assumed that maybe that's where that Loki was like also referencing to. Possibly. I mean, or like it could just be referencing to the classic Loki costume in the comics. So like the, yeah. like the very very classic version, like the first iteration of them. So it was just like interesting, but like I, that's why for me I was like for the life of me I was just like, where does boastful Loki come from? But at the same time, I guess not everything has to have its roots in yeah. a comic reference. Maybe they just thought it would be funny of like, let's cap, let's have boastful Loki be a black man. Mm. 
Yeah, but like I said, like, I'm like, if you're doing all of these variations, this is the time where you could have multiple, like, a really good time for them also to insert other ethnicities. So other side, he could have been Southeast Asian, Middle Eastern. I mean, I definitely South wanted to see more Lokis. I definitely wanted to see more of that, like, in, in that whole exchange, because we only see four of them. And, it, like, yeah. if we take away our Loki, so I honestly wanted to see, like, <laughs> I wanted to see, like, maybe a full out brawl with, like, I thought it was gonna be like like a dozen Lokis or something, cause that's what was gonna happen. And then expect like mm-hmm. the other, cause the 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 other Loki that came out in the green suit and stuff, he's the one that's like the Loki that we knew before. Like the other men that the other people that he was influencing weren't Lokis, which is which is what I was expecting. It was figuring that they would be sent to a place filled with their own cells, right? So that's so it was like oh there so there's not just Lokis here. There's other people. Yeah, it's everywhere. Anyone who's been um pruned goes there, but Lokis have been pruned the most. Yeah, because there's even a ship that looked like a World War Two ship from like yeah from World War War American. Mm-hmm. The Avengers um, Tower was there. Yeah, um, there was a lot of things there. A Kree ship was there. Mm-hmm. and everything so the fact that the avengers towers are saying that avengers was purged so then they're saying that anything that was destroyed when thanos snapped was sent there well not exactly in the time in the timeline so it could, that doesn't have anything that i don't think the but ones that we saw there caused the avenger tower the entire tower it's just they so when they do pruned like when they reset the yeah, timeline the world. yeah so if there was a loki who one in that situation then they would have reset the timeline and though like those little time bombs or whatever that they set off they send them there so to our knowledge our loki is from the timeline where thanos existed Hmm. and like i mean other lokis also mentioned thanos too but like for like the art the whole in game everything that we saw that timeline went down as we saw it in in game yeah so there's nothing there from that timeline and relate besides that loki yeah because there wasn't a nexus event that occurred because mm-hmm. loki was taken before he caused the nexus event which was when he which was what would have been when he took the test right if he had used a test rat that would have created the nexus event but they stopped him before he used the test rat so therefore that timeline is so country right. which is where the ending of um episode six ties in because now they are all of these multiple timelines and it looks like some of them are converging because there's no way you can have all of these things branch off and none of them don't converge oh no they're going to converge they're going to converge and then that's going to be like a headache like my it's problem, a my, mess. my sympathies to the vfx scenes like forget the directors and the writers my sympathies to the vfx scenes because you guys got a job ahead of you Woo. yeah i mean it's impressive i mean at the end of the day i so kind of going on from were there any other cons for you um so my other con was like i was saying like the thing is as I liked how they did the exposition in from in episode one and two to kind of get mm-hmm. us familiar with the TV and all of this stuff, I think they just did a bit too much, or I'm I'm or maybe not too much. They didn't explain things to me very well with the with the dialogue that um Jonathan Majors had, and it's not mm-hmm. that he delivered it bad, but I think his the dialogue didn't work for me in the fact that I was trying to forget what he was explaining. Even though they gave us like the little dioramas, which I thought was cute, they gave us like a visual. They were like, yeah, mm-hmm. this. is that's a lot of information we got to give you like a visual um, i mean yeah if it wasn't for the visual i think i would have been lost which i appreciated but then i still had to go and read up on it afterwards which i guess as you would have to do with this whole thing to figure mm-hmm. out things so i just to me the dialogue didn't necessarily work and the lighting i could not see it was like as episodes went on the episodes got darker and darker and darker, yeah. and, darker. and i don't mean aesthetically and i don't mean um thematically people i mean aesthetically it's like they started flipping the lights off one by one as they went through the episodes by the time you got to episode six almost pitch black and i'm not even being hyper um, hyperbolic it was so dark i could barely see anything and then it's this the set lighting then it's the costumes the set design and then the vfs because i gotta do color grading for cgi that works with cgi so you can blend all these things together but then it was just i could barely see and it was i'm like i need to see the action it kind of reminded me of ninja assassins like i like that movie but it's so dark in some scenes it's like someone uh-huh. turned the light on like give me a fancy give me a fancy ceiling fixture, a chandelier, something so I can see what is happening. And then the characters are wearing dark colored clothes too. Like Jonathan Majors is wearing this deep purple suit, deep purple. He looked good in that purple. He looked good. He looked good. But then I could barely see anything. Why? I would like to be able to see what's going on on the screen. You put all this effort in for CG and all these details for that design. Let us see it, please. Turn the light on. One or two. Th- turn things up a couple watts. Hmm? A, couple watts. a couple watts. A couple watts. Just a few. 
And you know, just flip a candle. Give me some ambient lighting, some little mood candles, some candelabras or something so you can see what's happening. Mm. I will say at least was not as bad as like Game of Thrones lighting because yeah, that so is impossible. Mentioning- that was that is impossible for me to enjoy. Yeah, like, without I, I, adjusting I, my screen. Yeah, because I tweeted it and someone didn't mention the Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, that one was like pitch black. Like all you see was like a couple candles flickering. Like the fight, that, that one was the fight. Ooh, that yeah. was. Ooh, that so, one caused a lot of drama on the on the TL. I remember that day. The yeah. director was all in his feelings, but sir, on a couple lights. So then going into pros. Um, I like that we got way more of Loki. Mm-hmm. Like personally, he is one of my, I would say my top three characters in the MCU. And this is including films. So it would be Black Panther. Um, actually, no, I can't say top three. I said top five. Because mm-hmm. I want to, because I, I consider the Dormalaje like Okoye and Nakia as like two of my favorite characters. I would probably say top five. But I like Loki and I like the and the reason I like Loki is because he started as an absolute jackass, excuse my language. When we first meet him, he was coming there to rule Earth and say, I'm gonna be a new dictator, like a king. Like, no, sir, we're not doing that. Yeah. And he was like all about wanting to be in saving people. And I'm like, no. But then the way how Tom Hiddleston plays him, he does him, he plays him so effortlessly. Like this is he's one of those characters, those people where he was made for this role. This role is his. Like I couldn't picture anyone else playing Loki mm-hmm. the Loki. And he like you got to like him even when he was being a jerk even when he was being a douchebag you still liked him because you knew that there was something underneath him and there was a like you know people would say oh you love the damaged bad boy and it's not necessarily he's a damaged bad boy it's just that he was so misunderstood he put himself in a pocket where he painted himself to be like this is how people see me so then this is how I'm gonna behave and like you and like we got glimpses of how much he loved his family how much he loved Thor how much he loved his father and how much he loved his mother. Mm-hmm. And like Tom gave us these little glimpses of like empathy, and he'd be like um, sympathetic, and he would like listen to people. But then we got so much more of that in this season, especially it was in the first four, four from episode one to episode four. But episode two, I think, is my favorite because that's where we really saw the impact of what happened with his mother, where he learned what happened to his mom, and he was just like so devastated and so sad and we got to see that Loki himself has always underestimated himself. He never thought he could be more than who he could than more than he thought he, he could be, which is, um, mm-hmm. which is something that Morbius tells him. Morbius tells him is like, you, you are so much more than you think you are Loki. Like, don't, don't, don't put yourself in a corner. Like you, right. Like, babe, he's like, I'm here with I'm just thinking about um, Dirty Dancing, where Johnny goes to be. He's like, nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> Mobius, is, <laughs> Mobius is basically the same, but he's like, don't put yourself in a corner, Loki. You can be the best dancer. In- <laughs> no, I mean, like, I get, and I, I do agree with a lot of that, because um, I will say, like, Loki, the show, definitely made me love Loki more like after Thor Ragnarok I appreciate I had an appreciation for Loki because I did we did we did see like how he grew and he finally was he had a connection to Thor finally and it was genuine and that he was really becoming stepping out of this villain role that he felt that he was stuck in or you know like not and and just like that he was stepping into like I can be more then so then like in this one it's kind of like damn all that like the the little development we had of loki is gone because we're back here to square one with avengers loki but it's like in my brain i always took it as like the good thing is this loki has the potential to change we do know that he has the potential to change in him and we know that he actually does care what i think that i what i love that we did get was that we got understanding of what of a lot of motivations for why Loki does what he did for a lot of his life he felt obviously for most of his life he felt that like he did not have any other option but to be bad or to be a villain or that he could not change and that he could not be more and that like when you lit when your brother is Thor and everybody celebrates Thor all the time he's just looked he just he he wanted attention he wanted love it's like I always love when Loki mentions his mother because it's like yeah no his mother definitely noticed that Loki felt neglected and it's not like 
I feel like people have to understand it's like, yeah, imagine if you're Loki and your brother is literally the god of thunder set to become king. So, and I'm not, I'm not justifying anything. It just makes sense why Loki just never felt like he could ever amount to be more, that he could never amount to be the, the hero to get the glory that his brother got. Yeah, and, and then has also his history of coming from the um, Ice exactly. Kingdom. So he's like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a prince of my of my people's enemies. So he has that whole um, identity crisis going on. It's like nature know. versus nurture. So he's like, by nature. It's nature versus nurture. I mean, but yeah. it's it's definitely that too, because like it's a big reason of like why he feels so betrayed and hurt by Odin when it like, and he's, and that's why he's so clouded by the hurt that he did not, it wasn't until Thor Ragnarok when Odin literally dies that he realizes like, oh, I miss, I'm like, my father's gone. He's dead. I loved, I loved my father. Yeah. Um, like, and I think Loki always loved his father. It's just that he, it's like the little, it's like the kid who acts out for attention. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's what Loki did. He acts out for attention. And I think having him have the moments where he just said it himself, he's like, why do I lie? why do I do these things why do I pull pranks why do I why am I mischievous and then like we kind of get that development and the answers to like the motivations behind it because I don't Loki isn't necessarily a villain in the sense that he cannot change right that's the thing he's he's not a sociopath he's not a psychopath he's not without feeling without empathy it's just that his actions were born more from the fact that he thought that this is who he should be so therefore he acted according mm-hmm. to people's expectations of him and right. and that's one of the things about what makes Ragnarok so good like they give the development to Thor but they also give the development to Loki and to their relationship too like Taika Waititi and the crew did and the writing team did such a great mm-hmm. job developing them and giving these characters more depth yeah and then like the MCU tried to like erase all of that with the last with the last films after that but then this the writers kind of like course corrected with this and I, I'm so glad that we had this chance because he is he he's a villain in the sense that when it comes down to it sometimes he is quick to be like you know what see y'all guys later you handle this mess if you hear weird noises it's my dad my dog she's in my bedroom <laughs> no worries no worries um, <laughs> but no you're i and i think that's the those that's the great thing because i'm like i don't we we knew about the loki series I don't know exactly when. I can't remember if it was before Endgame was announced or if it was after Endgame was announced. But I think we all were just like, how are we going to have a Loki series? Loki's dead. And then it's like, oh, here, here's how we do it. And we saw it in Endgame. That's how we get Loki. But going into another pro, I have been saying since I watched this show, since the first episode, Loki is Dorothy. And this is the Wizard yeah. of Oz. Mm-hmm. This is literally the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Loki has gone transported to this place. And he is just going on this journey of self-discovery. But it's just like, I loved all the, like, literally, it got to the point when they just said the man behind the curtain. I'm like, so y'all are just really leaning into this. Yeah, Wizard being, of Oz, yeah. Yeah, y'all are literally, literally leaning into this being the Wizard of Oz, but for Marvel. <laughs> but, didn't, but didn't the, the, um, the I'm calling him Noble Loki, the one played by Richard, um, he's classic Loki, sorry, um, played mm-hmm. by Richard E. Grant. Did it, like, just before they got to fight, they found uh, um, um, Kang, Mm-hmm. Didn't he not put up a, a, a city that looks just like the Emerald, Emerald City? city. Emerald City. Same way. And I was like, wait a minute. Uh, like, and I'm not saying it's it's not that it's a pro. It's, it's just more that like it, an homage. I think it was probably an homage. It was definitely homage. And I thought it was cute because I was just like, oh, y'all are just leaning into this. And yeah. I and I'm like, okay, let's go with it. Loki is Loki is Dorothy. Um, but other things, oh Sylvie, I you know what? They gave us good female characters. Mm. I will say good in the sense that we have three main slash supporting female characters who have their own motivations that are not tied to to a man. And I say man specifically because that is sometimes the case. Even with Sylvie, I had to point this out to somebody. They're like, oh, she's, she, she purged herself. And again, y'all, y'all have been known this as spoilers. She purged herself to go find Loki. I'm like, no, no. Because like even before, even when she purged herself, she didn't do that. For him. She did it for, for him. She did it for herself. And I will say like, I think fi- finding him was a bonus for her. 
it was more of like, oh, I do care about this Loki and I do want to find him again. And we should go her entire focus this whole time has not deviated from finding the man or finding the answers that she seeked for this entire time. Nothing she did was for him. It's just that he just happens his 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 motivations happen to align with hers and then i will say she did grow to have some feelings towards him in return Mm -hmm. but that did not cloud her judgment and i gotta appreciate that a little bit just because i don't like when female characters judgments get clouded by romance yeah any or motivations really get much of a romance like when people like no. when people say well he fell in love with himself like meaning her i'm mm-hmm. like i don't think it was love i think it was just the beginnings of affection like he's beginning to finally right see someone else in a new because we've never seen him have romantic feelings or inclinations towards anyone never. and this is the first time you've seen him have like the the potential was there but he didn't love her and she didn't love him it was just like they, they said they were friends and like even he said he's never had friends before yeah and the closest he would have come to that would have been yeah his friend he, when he was with thor but then like his resentment and jealousy of thor kind of gotten in the way of that because we had moments of the glimpses of their potential friendship in ragnarok where we saw them being playful and helping out each other mm-hmm. but then like again the mcu kind of like, just like push all of that to the back burner so we needed this and like the thing with sylvie is like she's supposed to be like a mirror to him like mm-hmm. for him to like learn empathy but as i said before i think that was actually done through mobius like because mm-hmm. mobius from the very beginning is the first person apart from i would say thor and maybe um is there anyone I wouldn't even say Tony because like I think Momis is the first person who's gone toe to toe with um Loki in the fact that he like when when Loki says something he's able to give him like a retort right immediately right I after I mean Black Widow about himself that's about it he has like when we're talking about people who have had an extended conversation with Loki and kind of gotten him like off guard or like you know by surprise about something there's the scene in the first Avengers movie where Black Widow is interrogating him and she's like oh that turned out because he he messed with her and then he well no he didn't he figured out she did figure out that he was his that his goal was to go after Banner like that was the whole thing and then she but she kind of figured it out a little bit too late and she she did I mean that was the plan in the first place (laughs) yeah she thought that she was manipulating him but he was just playing her and then because like Josh Sweden and that's God damn, like, talk about you, you. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not giving Joss Whedon any credit, but I will say, I like, that. at least I hate that. when I'm thinking of characters that have conversed with Loki and, hmm. like, I say at the closest ever gotten an aha moment hmm. with Loki, it's Black Widow and Hulk because he literally smashed him to the ground yeah. multiple times. But even then, that's brute force. But, like, exactly. Mobius... Right. But I, I, at the end of the day, I think it helps that like Loki being powerless and not being able to do anything and you have to and you have to force him to listen <laughs> is like a big benefit of why Mobius was able to do it. But as we go on, it really is that like Mobius's words like cut him deep. Yeah. And I have to say, Owen Wilson did a great job. I think he did. Like they were they were perfect casting because he I mm-hmm. think he goes against Loki perfectly. And it's also because like this is a role we're not, we, we haven't really seen him in before, where we mm-hmm. know he can do, the thing with comedic actors like him is like, he plays a lot of versions of himself. Yes. In his different roles. And like, this isn't any different, but the thing is, is like with this one, it works with, a, it works as a foil against Loki. So I think that was genius casting. Like who, who whoever came, thought Owen mm-hmm. Wilson for this, a genius, because I think how he just acts naturally, and then yeah. Mobius is a perfect fall for the way Tom Hiddleston plays Loki. Yes. And, and then the thing is, he's also able to tell Loki about himself. But then also he didn't, when Loki told him things, because Loki's an extremely observant person too. Like when Loki does, was like, okay, you're telling me, but I can tell you about yourself too. Like the thing with Mobius is that he doesn't get offended. He's like, okay, yeah. well, He's like, okay, well, if you if it rolls off of his back, it just rolls off of his back. Yeah. He does care about people, like mm-hmm. you know, Mobius does genuinely care about people. Like the when he goes to these timelines and he knows that he has to reset them or that people are going to die, he has a certain level of empathy that other people lack. Like yeah. other people in the TVA just lack. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would love to see what like what was Mobius before, you know before he was taken there like what did he do I mean that's the and I guess kind of getting into like that I so like how we kind of talked about how the story kind of like 
expounds upon itself and like, you know, grows as it goes on. The whole TVA and like, basically, it's like the cave narrative. Each episode gives us, a. it's like, you know, the cave narrative theme or like way of storytelling is basically you st people start off in the cave and that the further you go through the cave is the more that you learn. So you, oh, yeah, yeah. so like that's the, that's the cave story narrative. And I feel like Loki is a great example of that because truthfully, every episode we have to accept what we're told is what we know for, you know, where they exist. We don't, people, you can make your guesses, you can assume, you can try to make assumptions, but like, until things are revealed, you don't know. So it's like each episode builds upon itself to expound more. And the more we go forward, the more we get to know. So it's like finding out that everyone in the TVA is a variant. <laughs> like, yeah, that for me, I was just like, what? So everybody, it makes perfect sense because where else would you get a workforce to like do all these things? But, but but not only even that, but it just makes sense in the fact that if we're talking about parallel universes, obviously these people have to be variations of other people from other worlds. Right. We're kidnapped. The thing about them being kidnapped, the whole I think it's like because we're first told, and I say like the whole it's the guy at the beginning who's like, What's a fish? I don't know what a fish is. I don't remember his name, but he's like, I was created here. We're yeah. told that they were created here. So we just accepted that, oh yeah, they're created there. That's that's it that explains it and then it's revealed that like oh no it's worse there are variants and that makes it much darker and much more sinister for me because I, I think like you said like everybody's been kidnapped and their minds wiped and every they're all their past lives are gone yeah. and they're just placed here to do you know to work and then continue to do the same thing over and over again for other to other people yeah, now to see the thing is about this show, like I don't know if I'm the only person getting it, but to me, this show in a very subtle way talks a lot about faith and belief in religion. Like, like if because yeah. like if like me as a Christian, I'm like I'm I've been watching this show and I'm just thinking this is kind of like how you question like okay God, like the mm -hmm. existence of God, where did God come from? So like you have the time large, they're like in in charge of maintaining mm -hmm. the timeline, they're in charge of all these people and all these things, and then like like Loki was there questioning. He's like where did they come from and then they find out there's another being but then they would have had to ask okay where did he come from then ultimately you got to get to the point where who created all of these universes and yes. then just like as christians we think like i remember there there was a point there was literally a day where i said where because we were like having these various philosophical decisions anybody said oh so then we know god created all of these multiple worlds and these ultimate multiple universes and because earth is, earth is not the only universe even in our own galaxy and mm -hmm. then you're thinking, okay, but then who created God? And I, there was literally a day where that church said, I'm not even going to answer that question. I'm not even going to contemplate because that just hurts my head. I'm just going to accept the fact that I believe there's a God based on experiences that I've had mm -hmm. and leave the rest up to faith. Because that's what it is. It's about faith. And that's kind of what is happening here now because I would, um, mm -hmm. and with B15 played by um, mm -hmm. Umi Masaku, like, they're like, we can't take away people's free will, which is which is what I think yes. um, ultimately the, the last half of episode six is about is mm -hmm. about who has the right to determine these uh, the, what is an excess event if what is it catastrophic who has the right to determine the the, the will of all of these people because when they create the, when they stop the nexus events they're taking away the free will of all the people that would have existed going forward mm -hmm. and then like they took away the, the the variants free the other variants that were working in the tva their free will was taken away their memories were erased their whole lives and past gone and mm -hmm. they're like talking, you can't do that to people because like even as Christians, we talk about when God created us, we have free will. We have a choice to choose to do whatever and then like we got right. consequences or whatever. And it's kind of the same thing where they're like, and it, and that's kind of where Loki is. And this is kind of what I didn't like where I where I tweeted, I said, I, I felt like we were bamboozled. All of that character development that he had where he's learning about respecting people and empathy and, and, and sympathy we're seeing that happen in real time where he's with Sylvie. And he's like, Sylvie, you can't kill. You have to. Okay, let's stop. Pause. Think. If you kill, if you kill this man, calamity will befall on the entire universe. And she's like saying, "Well, I want my revenge is about free will." And he's like, "But you killing him, like you're taking away other people's free will because you're you're making a determination of what will happen for all these billions of people because mm -hmm. of your one action and for your one will and like." I understood where she was coming from, but she wasn't taking the time to listen to him. But then the thing is, is what happened because of that, 
you and the scene that happens afterwards we see that he's gonna be he's gonna have so much guilt you know like he's been saying i've been burdened with glorious purpose he's mm-hmm. gonna be burdened with so much guilt literally gold like now he definitely burdened with something and i'm like and i don't like that because like then everything that we've seen loki go through is gonna be i think to me is gonna be damaged because he has all of this guilt on his shoulders now he's gonna be thinking Oh, but if I had stopped Sylvie before, if I hadn't befriended Sylvie, if I had, if I, you know what I mean? And I'm just gonna like, mm-hmm. can this man catch a break? Like, no, because I was, I really did want him to have, I was towards the end, I'm like, okay, so we're not gonna get a happy ending. Can I get a content ending and then we go into the multiverse? No, no, no. it's just sadness alone. And he's gonna, be, he's Sad. gonna have so much to deal with because, like, now we're seeing that. Mobius and B-15, the other, his allies, they don't even remember him because they're like, where are you from? And I'm like, good Lord. So now he's stuck in a place where these people have no idea who he is. So again, he's going to be alone. Yeah. Like not physically, but just like mentally, he's he's going to be surrounded by people who don't understand him. And I'm like, he's going to have to go through this again. Well, like, so he- outside, so as, as I care for Loki, like all things, like I wanted a good ending for him very concerned very sad for him want to give him a hug because man's is alone 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 Mm. no one around so i do hope that he uses that silver tongue to like get by and say yes i am an analyst um never mind i got my reports wrong and he just gets by gets a gets a temp pad and gets his butt to dr strange that is what i'm hoping happens because i would like for doctors for him for loki to end up with dr strange because i think that would be a great place for him to be he find dr strange though I mean, he's met Doctor Strange before. No, I mean, like, how will he find him? Like, I mean, just in this. I mean, Loki is technically a wizard, or you know, he has he has he has a way with magic in the sense of Asgard. Thing. You didn't see much of his magic, his magic powers. In but I kind of liked it because it challenged him this time. It did, but I would have still liked to see because, and like I think said, he's like, if you're gonna call him the God of Mischief, at least make him mischievous. Yeah, but so few things like to add to all of that. Back to like what I was saying, he is basically back, like he's alone and he's like left without limited resources. But he does know how to enchant now. So yes. I do like how season two is set up to open, where it's like it's going to be very interesting. Did Loki figure out a way to you know charm his way for survival and not be? caught by the TVA and pruned again or we're like whatever like how did he survive and what are what are his next steps because after this like the next season should come out right before the multiverse of madness which is the Doctor Strange film I believe so like that's why I think it would be perfect for Loki to connect with Doctor Strange yeah. and like and have those connections there um and then going into like the other things, like I said, aside from like, so as a fan of the show, I think it was excellent writing and an excellent ending because it sets up for a great, like challenging opening for next season. Cause we really don't know where does Loki go from here? Like mm-hmm. what, what is going to happen? We are, we are, tr- we all are Loki in this sense of like, we all know and are burdened with what all, with everything that happened, but nobody else knows. And I don't think he's going to go back and go through it all again. Maybe he'll try, he, he can't enchant Mobius in the TVA. So he can't, he has no way of like waking Mobius up unless he gets him like outside of it. But so like there's go it's going to be an interesting to see like what does it open up with will he still be at the TVA will he just be biding his time there to come up with a plan and will he go look for help um you know I like I'm hoping that he'll stick around with B15 and Mobius and then also mm-hmm. we have to figure out where uh, Ravona went because like she yeah. disappeared and she's she went like, in I'm search like, of free will so looking free will. I'm like, whatever that looks like um but oh i just wanted to add to what else you had said about like so on the religion aspect and like loki's development so i do agree like a lot of this show does kind of challenge you to think of like free will in the sense of like are any of us truly free like do we like is time is time already preordained to know that i will like touch my face with my right hand down to the minute of like what i like what i will do with the next step or like with my next breath or do we choose to like try to just go down time blindly and i think like you know and there's 
there's a different there's multiple ways we can have this discussion and this is not the time because I know this is going to be a long episode already but I did really like that Loki stopped in like it showed a sign of growth to me yeah. in that moment with Sylvie because he yes toppling the TVA was his top priority and take he wanted the throne he wanted the responsibility but recognizing that killing he who remains we'll use that title or like nathaniel killing him in that moment would not be the best solution that they could do like right then and there like killing him instantly was not the best course of action he recognized that they should talk they should work something out or like they should at least take a minute to think before acting so you know brashly because her whole thing is just like it's my revenge. I want my revenge. And him saying his whole thing of like, we're the same person. Why aren't we seeing this the same? And he's like, because I can't be trusted and you can't trust. And like, but I also think it's because, and like, because she can't trust, she doesn't, she really feels like she can't trust him. And I love how Jonathan Major's character just is playing at, like using them towards one another mm-hmm. in a way that like he ultimately gets what he wants well yeah he gets out of the job that he's exhausted from doing um and he's just like he uh, like I'll get into like his acting because I think that's my last pro like because I have other things but I think I'll just we can start summing it up but it's just very touching when Loki is like he recognizes that he has the ability to change and he's changing and he wants to change for good but Sylvie, Sylvie is so focused on her goal. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter that she, that somebody worse than him will come in. And it's like he said, like, y'all thought I'm the devil. You don't know what the devil is. And it's just like, dang, that's a really great line. Yes. Yeah, but no, but it's true. And this, and it kind of ties into like the butterfly effect. So like we we're talking about the timelines mm-hmm. and all of this, but but the butterfly effect is like the like basically is like if a butterfly flaps its wings in the Amazon or something, it can create a ripple effect, right? Going forward and like cause a hurricane in like in another country. And it's the same thing. That's the, and that's what um, Loki was talking about. And and same thing. Um, Nathaniel was talking about. He's like this one action may see your just for you you're thinking of your revenge but you're not thinking of the possible outcome and the consequences of this of this revenge and then uh, we saw literally we saw the butterfly effect take place because like as soon as she she stabbed him like the mm-hmm. all the timeline started to branch and it was like this massive web and it's just like um with nathaniel he's uh, he's like he that one was tired and yes was, like i'm leaving I, he's like, i want to leave I was I thought I was gonna get one option, but I got two. And we yeah. don't know how this and even he was like, I don't know how it, I don't know how it's gonna because I only saw right up to this moment. Yeah. And the thing is that you're talking about free will, but the thing is is um when you're talking about free will, like you talk about destiny, which is another theme for the of the show, is like destiny is like we you know we say like every action that we that we do, again, butterfly effect mm-hmm. will change the course of our lives. So like for instance, us doing this recording, who knows what this might lead to? Maybe an opportunity with Marvel never know but the thing is is like every action we does has an unforeseen circumstance because we can't mm-hmm. we don't know what it's going to lead to and it's the same thing but like loki taking the minute to taking a minute to just be like i can't i can't dictate the future but i can consider the possibilities yeah right and that's important and i think that's something this is the first time honestly we have seen this in mcu because when you think about the other films and even uh wandavision we don't get that. We don't get mm-hmm. characters actually thinking about the consequences of their actions. Like Wanda, all yeah. she cared about was maintaining her family unit. She just wanted to be happy with Vision and their two kids. And she didn't think about the consequences to the townspeople that she was mentally enslaving. She wasn't think, thinking about the consequences to the people who had to be watching and like afraid, like, if she keeps expanding, is she going to wipe out the world, which is the potential mm-hmm. for what was going to happen. Like, she had the potential to wipe out the world with, with what she was doing. And Captain America, I would say, he, we've never really seen him actually consider consequences. He's like, I'm going to be a hero. Okay. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? We Black Panther, you had, um, Mongo's like, I'm good. I want to do this. I want liberation. 
this is liberation to you. What is the consequences of your actions as liberation your... by any means necessary? Exactly. What is, is not liberation for everyone? Exactly. Not, right. when you're, not when you're going about it with violence and you're doing it with full autonomy without consulting anyone. I'm like, okay, you mm -hmm. want to liberate everyone. Okay. Have you considered world events? Have you considered politics? Like, okay, what, what action works for one country isn't going to work for another country. So it's the same thing, which is when Nakia was talking about. Nakia was like, yeah, we got to wear pros and cons with every situation. Right. And that's what I was saying. So, like, I think this is the first time we've actually seen characters w apart from the key. And it was apart from Black Panther, where we actually see them saying, pause, let's think about this. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out what's going to happen. Because even if you look at um, Endgame, they came up with a plan, but they didn't actually really think about the Endgame. The actual I mean, shoot, ask Black Widow about considering consequences. I just... <laughs> I'm still upset because like I keep trying to think of an excuse to bring her back, but it, it's not working. But anyways, no, I agree. This is probably the first time and for it to one of the first times to see like a main character do it and like for it to be for it to be Loki of all people to choose, you know, and I think part of it, some people could say like, did he do it because he didn't he did not want the burden? Did he not mm -hmm. want? I don't think it's that. I think he realizes that like the responsibility of you know dictating and free will and time for the entire multiverse and time stream is massive and mm -hmm. taking away the person who has been capable of doing it up to said point it didn't make sense and he needed to and, he, and he's grown and I think it's just a, it's a true sign of his growth for him to make that decision to say like no this wasn't right this this yeah, is not how we should have done it we should have found another way because even if they didn't exactly. kill him they could have left him alive and been like okay if the only Crack if you imprison him try to find out a solution imprison him and, and restructure and imprison him and find a better way to do it than him yeah but, because, because, because the thing is look it was only that he was thinking of consequences that his first reaction wasn't wasn't going to chaos because that was his other thing so right like, i want chaos and confusion like you know when he could get his way that was also his fallback plan but this time, this is when you're seeing him be like being logical and be and thinking about other people and like mm -hmm. chaos is not the objective. Order is. So I think it's interesting to have him be- Order with free will, I would order, say. And, that, and that's the thing, you can't have order with free will because like anarchy, anarchy is anarchy is where you like, where you're like, um, no order and no, okay. Then if you, people, somebody like the purge films, if, if, if without, without order, you're going to have anarchy. Without anarchy, you're going to have the purge films. It's a very difficult balance because it's like Loki, Sylvie on one hand is basically her belief is like, I was born the god, goddess of mischief. And the, I believe the time, the multiverse wants to break free. And that's why I was born to break free of it. And like that, could, there could be some truth in that. But is there a way that the multiverse can exist without, it disrupting all the timelines into going into utter chaos. And I think that's something this next phase is really going to have to explore because that's- We're gonna have to do it very carefully though. I mean, we're gonna see what happened because as we know with the ending, we don't know, we can assume it's Kang that came in. I feel like it's a pretty good indication oh, that it's Kang. Remember in the TV, remember like the statue he sees is the statue of Kang the Conqueror, which is the one with the, he's wearing the suit. Like the armor well, no, the, the one that Loki sees in the final shot, it's just the guy. It's not him in the helmet. In but the, in the whole thing. But oh, he has a suit on? Oh, okay. Well, then it's Kang with confirmation. Okay. It definitely was Kang. So like, yeah. well, yeah. And I just, oh, last point, last pro for me. Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors acted his butt off. And I just, I just want to know, is it too late to give him a supporting actor nomination for like an Emmy for this, yes, damn. But no, I mean, it was has to go to Carl Lumley first because he did an amazing job in that. It's a lovely, and it's like he did the perfect amount of what I needed for manic and exhausted, and like you, you could tell that he was a man who truly who had good intentions at one point, then went possibly, you know, insane from the burden of the work that he did. And then eventually he found that sanity again, but he was also just very 
exhausted from it all. But it's like this manic man who just like is like, I'm tired, but I've been doing all this work and y'all think I'm the devil. So you might as well kill me. And he's like, and if worst case scenario, if you kill me and then someone else comes over here, we'll just start all over again. And I'll yeah, be right back like, where I'm I started. Gonna, yeah, because yeah, he's like, I'm going to come back anyway. <sighs> And his story is like one I've seen in like other characters when it comes to anime, like the when you're stuck in a loop of like your destiny is literally going to repeat itself because truthfully, he exists out of time because he traveled, you know, we, we assume it's the quantum realm that they're existing in. We'll see if that's if that's true or not, but it's the fact that he knows in the 31st century he's based we're, we're to assume that like that point in time is always happening and it's always reliving and always happening so it's always going to happen there's nothing to stop it even if he stops and goes back in time and stops himself from discovering the multiverse somebody else just would have done it or one of his other variants would have done it so mm -hmm. he's always going to make this discovery the multiverse will always be discovered he'll always figure out technology to connect them and then there will always be chaos for the war to, to happen because the apparent maybe hit maybe Kang's thing will be that y'all need to change. I think that's it, right? Because like that's that's a theme in like not only MC, but in a lot of films where it's like ultimately it's the it's the actions of humans that determine the outcome of everything. Mm -hmm. Like it's all about change and it's about learning. So like you, know, you mentioned like Sylvie didn't change, but Loki did. So maybe yeah. he maybe his variation is the thing that's going to cause the change the, the cause the timeline to change and uh, that would be i think that'd be pretty fantastic where like everything doesn't end up in chaos everything doesn't end up in gloom and if it happens because of somebody like loki that would thing but then ultimately but that they could only go for it as so far as so far as they can because like kane um is eons old like he yeah. is like, thousands of thousands of thousands of years old and i just think it's brilliant that they cast jonathan majors that they cast a black man a black person for that role because i'm like yes black don't crack because when you said i'm older than i look i'm like yes you are i'm like someone made the joke and they said so is the y'all telling me the tva is a black owned business yes <laughs> and i just like yes it is hilarious yes yes it is and the mcu the tva is a black owned business oh mm -hmm. uh, but no i'm so excited to see so i guess to wrap up do you want to like do you have let's say top predictions you might have for next season um i think my prediction is that loki mobius and b15 team up Mm -hmm. And that Ravona comes back and she comes back with some kind of clue on how to conquer Kang. Okay. Because he is going to be the big bad going forward. He mm -hmm. is going to be, we had, we had Thanos and he's going to be the, and he's going to be the big bad. He's bigger than Thanos and, and that's terrifying. Exactly. So I think Ravona is going to come back with a key. And so we're going to have that. I, like, I need them to be a team because I need Loki to be in a team with people that trust mm -hmm. him and that trust and that they they believe in him because he hasn't really had anyone really believe in him either yeah and i i yeah. guess that's my hope and that's what i want for for this show and for him and um and and i think and i also want them to turn the lights up i'm so serious people think i'm, I'm not being petty when i say this i need no. them to stop filming it's, it's so dark you can't see and it's it's a big thing for me visually because i'm a very visual person so like, i like to be able to see what's going on and it's a shame when you have all of this time putting for vfx and you can't see and the mm -hmm. set design but also you have to consider people who have like visual uh, uh, visual impairments and may yeah. not be things properly like this is a consideration i hope they do season two better visually visual um, thematically and I just want better for Loki. I think he's a, like he's shown. I think he's gotten a proper redemption arc, and sometimes it's hard. Mm -hmm. We don't get proper redemption arcs all the time. I think he has a really good one, and I need them to continue that and not have the character regress. So mm -hmm. please do better by Loki in season two, please. Yeah, I would say yes on the team up happening, especially with Mobius and B fifteen. Ravona, mm -hmm. I would like to see her come back and you know, be willing to team up with them. Um, but like, we'll see what that looks like for other predictions. Yeah, I just feel like I, I, I really do wonder if Loki is going to, you know, talk his way into being like, yep, I am an analyst. I, I work here and just like get by like that. 
in order to like, you know, survive until he can come up with a plan to, you know, free Mobius again. But it's kind of like, what does that look like? Like, because I think Loki makes it, I think Loki truly understands that he obviously is no match for Kang. Mm. And he, and he, and he knows, he knows when he, Loki knows when he's been met when it comes to like a match. While he is arrogant, I think he like, the battle that like, and I say battle, the fight, the little fight that they had with um, trying to take out Nathaniel earlier, (laughs) that that just didn't go nowhere and he's just like wow so someone just as smart and as powerful as him if not but evil is going to come here we'll see what happens so and the thing is it sounds like kang wants the multiverse to thrive so because they they, kang throws off a chaos right and they literally because they said like so does he just want us to let it keep branching So it's like, so Kang wants, so I'm like, okay, so like, will we see what the multiverse interacting with one another looks like? And like, like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see, but I would like for Loki, like towards the end of season two, I would like for there to be some connection or like teaser as for Loki going to find Doctor Strange or, cause like, I just don't think Loki is going to go to anyone else unless it's Thor. But I think he recognizes he needs somebody who is very powerful in the arts of time and space. And yeah. that naturally would be Doctor Strange. Yeah, and Thor is extremely smart. So he is, but like just I question he knows he can't go back to his timeline. That's the thing. So it's just it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I mean, he can't go back to his timeline after he died to that point because he doesn't exist there anymore so there is a duplicate but anyways now we're getting into time travel theory i thought just occurred to me um kate blanchett's character Mm -hmm. she's dead dead um i don't know i don't think she is Mm. because remember one thing about these things unless we see them die on screen they're not really dead i don't think she did then i think she'll i think she'll be back for season two i think she'll be back because we need I think because she there because even if the one that we know is dead, like there's gonna be there has to be a variant of her, and I think they we need someone as powerful like her to be to to deal with Kang because and I think and her character fits into this this world of Loki right the way how the they've written the story because they're using a more magic but Hella Hella I cannot remember her name for the yeah name. Hella mm, mm. I mean. We saw Ragnarok get wiped out completely. So they could leave it open that she still existed, but Hela would not be the ally that Loki needs. I, I, I'm not I think- necessarily a full ally, but you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of situation. I don't think so. I don't think that's, I don't, I think, I think Loki knows well enough not to try to be allies. Cause he even knew like, nope, can't even negotiate being a follower with you. It's like, she will kill him. She doesn't care that that's her little adopted brother. It don't matter. Mm. Um, but no, Hela would definitely, I think Hela would have been something against Thanos, but in the, in the terms of Kang. That's what we say. Yeah, I don't think she matches up much. Like she's probably a threat, but she don't. She's not much of a threat. So that's why I go with Doctor Strange because he actually has some mastery. He has a mastery over time. Yeah, I can see multi. Like you know, like we saw a little bit in like the films that he's been in so far. So it's like I can't think of anybody else that Loki like would think of to go to unless it's a character we have not seen before. Hmm. But we shall see. Maybe he'll, maybe, I mean, he'll, if he can get his hands on a temp pad, anything's possible. He can travel to any multiverse and find someone else. So to your point, he could go find a Hela that would be friendly. Yep. There are variations. So we shall see, but I don't, I do think Sylvie is either imprisoned or dead. Well, we, we only saw her stab. We only started stabbing. We didn't see what happened after she stabbed him. So if Kang showed up there on that spot, if she didn't grab that temp pad and leave, so okay, she's dead, imprisoned, or she's off somewhere in the multiverse. Because mm-hmm. if she didn't grab, she's a fool if she didn't grab that temp pad and leave. If she yeah. waited for someone to show up, so I'm hoping that she definitely left. But well, if she did left and if she survived, then there with season two to bring her back, then that would also be a. a, a 
an interesting conundrum for Loki because then he's going to have to deal with the consequences of what she did and that's going to create more um strife between them because that's picking up yeah. he would have been like you see what i told you so that would be interesting if they if she does come back and um, yeah it will be because with the multiverse is branching off there are like kang like he said like nathaniel said they're going to eventually loop back into each other so like she goes on i think she's going to come right back back to where she started yeah it's going to be interesting i think that's what one thing we can definitely say for sure it's going to be interesting yep but with that, I guess we can tell the people where they can find us. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CarrieCNH12. You can find my YouTube channel under my name, Caroline Hines, and on my other podcast, Beyond the Romance, as well as Caroline Talks, here on the But Why the Podcast community, as well as other podcast streaming platforms. And um, you can find my writing, again, <laughs> butwhythepodcast.com. I feel like I'm repeating myself. And if you go to my R3 page, which is in the link tree link in my Twitter and my Instagram bio, you'll find my writing there as well. And interviews that I've done for the African American Film Critics Association. And for you, Missy, where can everyone find you? Y'all can find me on, you know, Twitter and Instagram at Nisha Plays. That's N-E-Y-S-H-A-P-L-A-Y-S. And I went ahead and I made myself a little portfolio site. So if y'all go to one of those handles, you can click on the link in my bio and y'all can check it out. Um, But yeah, that's it. That's where y'all can find us. Oh, and you know, just let us know what y'all thoughts were on all of these things with this season, because it was wild. Um, this minute scares me very much. Like, hey, y'all, hey, just y'all. popping up out of nowhere. <laughs> and But I would love to hear other people's thoughts. So definitely hit us up on our show page and on, on our personal handles with your reactions. But with that, I think that's it. So y'all be well. Bye. Bye.